Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Now, it's an honor to be here. Uh, we love Pastor Jake and Tara, and uh, I told them, you know, y'all in revival, and I don't even think y'all know it. What God is doing at Kokomo, Indiana is a miracle. And for all of my newbies, I feel at home, so we're going to have a family talk. So you invite it. And, uh, <laughs> but revive, or the prefix for re, means to be brought back. So rewind, if you're going to rewind, how many remember rewind in VHSs? Come on, somebody. <laughs> it was rewound back to the beginning. Revival, revive, be brought back to life. God wants to bring life back to Kokomo. And he's using fuel to do it. Come on. You are a part of a movement that probably haven't happened here in years. Are you kidding me? I'm not just saying that. I travel and preach in churches all over the country. What's happening in this church is unreal. So Paul said in Colossians to warn every man and teach every man. Now, everybody loves to be taught, but nobody likes warning. So I'm going to give you one warning. Satan is coming for you. I'm just telling you, the revival that's happening in this city, there's a mark on your back and he's coming. So if you know an enemy is coming, if you have the intel to know an enemy is coming, you can strategically do things. So I'm telling you, he's coming. Come on, don't be surprised if cars start breaking down and health issues start popping up and come on, somebody. I want to encourage you to press on. Don't quit. Don't let up. You got this dude choked out. Come on. He about to tap out. You got to keep your foot on his throat. Come on, somebody. Because anytime someone is brought from death to life, he gets angry. Whenever someone is transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, he hates it. Come on, somebody. And that's what Field Church is doing. So keep it up. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't let up. We walk by faith and not by sight. Life is not about what you go through. Life is about who you're going to. Come on, somebody. So you got to look through your stuff. And don't get me wrong. I know it's hard. I get it. I know it's hard. But you're the only species created on the planet that can press through hard times. Did you know that? Every animal get defensive. You ain't got to protect yourself. You got a king who's a soldier. See, the problem is we've embraced it, the Jesus who's a carpenter. 
Oh, we know that Jesus. You know the one from Nazareth that nobody believed in? It's quiet in this church. We've embraced that Jesus. The one that prayed and multiplied food. Come on, cast out demons. Raise the dead. There's a Jesus that's coming that's a warrior. With fire in his eyes. A name written on him that no man understands. A sword coming out of his mouth. That Jesus causes us to fear him. He ain't coming back to make you no chair and no table. Come on, somebody. Lord have mercy. 115, y'all slept in, y'all ate, y'all better get ready. <laughs> y'all tripping. Lord, but it is an honor to be here, and uh, I believe God deposited something in, in you, in me, specifically for you. I've fasted, I've prayed. This was dropped in my heart. I didn't even know it was serve weekend coming. He didn't tell me. I had no idea, and God had already deposited this in me for you. So I hope you're ready to receive. You got to come to church. There's people who come to church, and there are people who arrive at church. There's a difference. I could tell the guys who are ready to play or the ones who are just doing it because they gifted. Your giftedness don't get you a victory. His grace gets you a victory. You can't do it under your own ability. If you could do it, you would have did it a long time ago. You can't change yourself. Just surrender. Come on, put up the white flag. Jesus, I surrender. If I could sing, man, I would kill that part. (laughs) Surrender. Stop fighting battles you will never win. It's frustrating. Alcohol can't numb the pain. Shorty can't numb the... Stop dating knuckleheads. Can't no man fulfill you. He can't. The love that you missed from your natural father, your supernatural daddy wants to give you. Listen, a dude cannot give you what you're searching for. And love don't equal sex. You do not have to give yourself away to prove that you love him. That is a lie. Because my Bible says that love is patient. So if he's sweating you to get some and he ain't putting a ring on it, you better run. Every time you come around, just play that song. If you got to record a song, put a ring on it, put a ring, just play it every time. She'll wish, she'll wish you the remix right here on the stage. Come on. Seriously, you, listen, you were not designed, catch this, you were not designed to receive love first from a human. You are a spirit that has a soul that's housed in a body. You are a spirit first. But we try and feed the body before we take care of the spirit. It's backwards. 
Listen, you can't take another heartbreak. It's kind of like, remember you in the kitchen? You, you, get, you knock a glass over and it breaks on the ground and you sweep it up. Like a week later, you come back and you cut your foot. How many guys know you can never always get every single piece of glass? You do whatever. You didn't mopped. Come on, vacuum. And you still a week later get a cut. That's exactly every time you get a broken heart. You lose, you lose a piece. He wants to restore your soul. Listen to me. Listen to me. You are a spirit that has a soul. Your soul, your mind, will, emotions. Listen, you were... You were made in the likeness of your father. Spirit, soul, body. Father, son, Holy Spirit. You are in his image. That word image means to take a photograph of. God took a selfie and made you. He's been killing his selfie game way before this generation. Listen to me. All right. Only picture I could give is like an astronaut, right? If we see somebody walking on the moon, which is amazing, by the way, a dude walked on the moon. A dude walked on the moon. What is your excuse for your potential? Every example has been set that the human will can do anything. If the brother didn't live out his purpose and design a chair, we'll all be sitting Indian style. The clothes you wear was in somebody's brain. The phone you... The phone you rock? What's in somebody's... You have unlimited potential in you. It's been proven. Every feat in human history has been done by a person. Why are you letting life rob you? There's only two things that can rob you of your destiny. Satan and yourself. And listen... You can know the one who overcame both. Isn't that amazing? Listen, listen. An astronaut. That's where I was at. I got to get back to where I was at. All right, if we see a dude walking on the moon, right? We can see the suit moving. Can we see inside the suit? How do we know someone's inside the suit? How do I know you got a spirit? I can see you moving. Are y'all with me? You, you are a spirit. You're not a body. That's why the things you can't grab are spiritual and you fighting it physical. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Stop attempting to solve fleshly problems without spiritual solutions. This is why you must be born again. You need a new heart. Your heart, your spirit by design was meant to be connect with God. That's why the Bible says eternity is written on man's heart. How can eternities be written on your heart? He knit you. God knit you in your mama's womb. Come on. They got it on under Teddy Pendergrass, but God knit you. Well, I'm sorry. Some of y'all are Kelly generation. So whole another subject. We better let that brother be. Pray for that brother. Pray, pray for that brother. 
I was born in the 80s, so I would have been about the Isley Brothers. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are. Anyway, your parents did it in the physical. God already knit you in the spiritual. You are spirit first knit by God. So listen to me, ladies. All right. I said all this for this point. Stop chasing dudes that can't help solve your spiritual problem. That problem can only be solved in the covenant of marriage. It ain't sleeping with them. It ain't I'm your ride or die, boo. If he ain't going to marry you, run. It ain't worth it. And stop dating to what somebody look like. You got to date to character. However he responds to you under pressure, that's who he really is. For women who stay in abusive marriage, the damage happened the first time. That's why you can't leave. Date to character. How How does this dude respond under pressure? How does he talk to his mama? However, he talk, if he gonna disrespect his mama, who you think you are? It ain't that good, shorty. It ain't that good. Because if he gonna disrespect his mama, who gave him birth, ain't no chance for you, honey. None. Come on. I don't even know who that was for. And do whatever you dealing with, stop taking it out on her. You need to get some help. You don't ask for help because you're weak. You ask for help because you want to remain strong. So if you're dealing with stuff, go talk to another dude. Yeah, man. I ain't trying to be in my feelings. You better be. <laughs> we don't process. So we take it out on shorty. Then the damage and it's this negative cycle over and over and over again because you won't ask for help. Are you kidding me? That's prideful. I don't care what you eat in the morning. The first slice you better have is a humble pie. Come on, somebody. <laughs> humble yourself and ask for help. The greatest thing you could do for your marriage is to work on you. Stop worrying about her. You can't change nobody. The reason why your marriage ain't working is because you got into it thinking you could change him. You deceived. You can't change. If God can't change them, who you think you are? Come on. The greatest thing I did in my marriage is to trust God that the Holy Spirit would deal with her greater than I would my negative attitude. Change my marriage. Can't change nobody. Work on you. You work on you, you add value to the marriage. Come on. Come on. Be the change you want to see. Why am I saying, I have no, I ain't even touched my message. Listen, the world needs to see marriages that have never been seen before. 60% divorce rate. Are you kidding me? In the church? Come on, y'all. We got to get it together. But it's going to take humility. You're going to have to ask for some help. Period. You ain't that prideful. And you can't change yourself. Stop trying. 
It ain't going to work. I can't change myself. I wish I could. No. God designed us to be in community. Come on. Y'all seen them um, National Geographics? Right? The dude come on. Look at the gazelle. He's with the whole pack. Wait, wait, wait. Look. Here comes the lion. You ever seen those? Now the gazelle is doing good. He with 50 other gazelle. Chilling with community, unity, accountability. And here comes the lion. What up? <laughs> I'm hungry than a bug. I better get me what? And the gazelle's laughing at the lion like, you can't touch us. The lioness takes off. If the pack stays together, they win. The moment one breaks off, it's over. Why? Satan goes about like a roaring what? Looking whom he can devour. Every time the church doors are open, you need to be there. Are you kidding me? We need to convince you to sign up for small group and there's a lion on your back. You want to win? Get around people who believe like you. You change your friends, you change your life. You got to get out the space where you asking yourself the question, why? I wish I had 50 hands for this. Why did I do that again? You're around the wrong people. You want to shut Satan up? Get around people who's going to believe God with you. Stop being around people going to drag you down. Well, I, you know, I never complain about what you permit. If you don't like the harvest, you got to change the seed. Come on, church. I better get to my message. I don't even. I don't, man, I done went five different places. What are y'all doing to me? God has invested a lot in you. And he's expecting a return. God has invested a lot in you. He's expecting a return. Listen to me. Everything you need, he has for you. The reason why we struggle in the flesh, we're in the flesh. We're on this earth. It sucks. It just sucks. You're going to have to fight. But in that fight, we got the greatest corner man. Remember Rocky? Remember Mick? Rock, come on, Rock. You can do it. Remember Mick? Mick was that dude. Without Mick, Rocky had no hope. When that brother was bouncing off that, come on. Jesus is the greatest corner man. He's never lost a fight. That's your corner man. So even though we're going to go through some stuff, you got to rely on the one who's graced you. He gives grace to the humble. He's graced you to walk through it. So it ain't about how you feel. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. Are you kidding me? 
Look at Jesus' life. He was the most selfless person that ever walked the earth. He, let alone, gave up his life. Time, come on somebody, healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, multiplied food, and the same people he touched were the same people that said, we want Barabbas. Are you kidding me? You know who Barabbas is? You and I. He didn't feel like being betrayed by those he trusted. He didn't feel like carrying a cross. He didn't feel like getting nailed to a cross. He didn't feel like getting thorns punched into his skull. He didn't feel like, come on, hanging there, feeling abandoned by his daddy. But he did it for you and I. You feel abandoned? He took it for you. You feel shame? He took it for you. You feel pain? He took it for you. So take from him what he gave you. He took your sin. Receive his peace. He took your unrighteousness. Receive his righteousness. Come on, somebody. It's too quiet in here. Let me get to my message with my 12 minutes left. If I could title this thing, It would be the silent servant, the silent servant. I believe God is raising a church where we stop pointing fingers at the world and we need to start serving the world. You are in a unique position to give the world what it doesn't even know it needs. Because it's going to hit home where getting high ain't going to solve the problem. Getting drunk ain't going to solve the problem. Let me share my story quick. Did I share my story already? Oh, this is fourth service. I'm tripping. (laughs) Four services, y'all. Y'all better have mercy on pastor. Because he's going to be like this after service. I'm going to give you context to my heart so you can understand what grace did in my life. I grew up raised by my grandma, who was a single mother of nine kids, which she raised in the projects. My grandmother, I don't remember my grandmother ever having a job, personally. She did the best she could with what she had. My grandma died at 72 years old, never having a driver's license. My grandma died never having a bank account. You know where my grandma kept her money? The two safest places on the planet, her bra and her pillowcase. Come on, somebody. Here, baby. Like, dang, grandma, come on. My grandma walk around with her pillow. Grandma, why are you walking with your, your cousin in town? Mm-mm. But my grandma did the best she could with what she had. She raised nine kids as a single mom on welfare in the projects. And when I was 10 months old, my mother was murdered at the age of 17. So my mom had my brother at 14, had me at 16. She was shot in the head at 17. I've never met my dad. I don't know who he is to this day. My family don't know who he is. My uncle was in a gang. He was murdered, shot in the head at 17. 
My aunt was in a domestic violent relationship. Her boyfriend murdered her. And I had another aunt that died at 15 from a brain tumor from asbestos in the projects. So my grandmother raised nine kids. Four died. She raised nine grandbabies on welfare in the projects. And so I grew up as, you talking about abandonment, feeling alone? Do you know what poverty does to people? I always had a question mark on top of my head of who am I, why am I here? You talking about Mother's Day and Father's Day and parent-teacher conferences, man. You talking about the struggle. Even, even this past, every Mother's Day since I've known my wife, the first question on Mother's Day, she, she turns around and asks me, are you okay? It's unnatural to be away from a parent. Because you spirit first. Your spirit was knit in her womb. That's why abortion is demonic. You have no right to kill the image of God. Well, it's a woman's choice. I ain't going to say nothing else. So I felt so alone as a kid. I felt abandoned to my pain. My grandma did she did the best she could. She had one rule in her house, and it was, I don't care what you do between 8 and 3.30, just don't come home. She raised nine kids, raised nine grandbabies. School hours was vacation. Come on. She was like, I don't care where you're going. You're getting up out of here. Nobody in my family tree finished high school. No one in my family went to college. I would literally come home and throw my books down to be outside 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. My desk sat next to the teacher's. I was a kid that was in trouble. Excuse me. I was a kid that was suspended. I was that kid. Any teachers in the building? I was that kid. You know, the one you talk about in the teacher's lounge? That was me. I was in a gang by 11 years old and I was selling crack cocaine by 14. Repeating the generational cycle that was before me. By a miracle, I made it to high school. For the sake of time, I can't even get into all that. A miracle, I made it to high school. My high school was 2,500 kids. I was a four-year starter on the basketball team, and I was the man. No, for real, I was the man. I was that dude. I was the most popular kid in my school. Turnabout King, homecoming court, prom court. I mean, I was grasping for things that would never fill me. Because no one told me at the end of popularity was emptiness. The more I grab to fulfill the... See, we grab things to fulfill pain we don't think we have. That's why as soon as you come off being drunk, none of your problems will change. As soon as you get out of bed with whoever, your problems don't change. And I remember 18 years old with this thought in my mind. If this is what life is about, I'm going to be bored because I did it all. I was so broken no, but I'm signing autographs after games. I always wanted to leave Chicago. I had schools looking at me. I had scholarships, offers from universities. Man, I ended up scoring a 14 on my ACT. How many of you think you can go to college with a 14 ACT? Raise your hand. You better not raise your hand. <laughs> you chilling with me at the community college. Ain't nothing wrong with the community college. I'm just saying that wasn't my plan. Come on, somebody. So now I'm really broken because you don't understand. Basketball was an escape of reality for me. When I was on the court, the pain didn't matter. Me feeling alone and abandoned didn't matter. 
me having holes in my shoes, the dirty kid on the block, you couldn't hold me. So now the dream I have, I can't even fulfill. It put me at an even more low. Do you know what depression is? Depression is the lack of hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I had no hope at all. I take this scholarship to a community college. Went there, played a year there. My first cousin, who was a leader of a gang in our neighborhood, he had 300 kids under his authority. They carried dope for him, guns for him. Whatever he told them to do, they did. He meets this girl, walks her home. Her dad locks him in the living room and tells him the gospel of Jesus Christ. He builds a relationship with him. He accepts Christ. I watched my cousin from 16 to 19 years old live a life for Jesus. At 19 years old, he set me down, told me the gospel. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life was changed. From that one decision I finished at that community college, got my associate's degree, transferred to a four-year university, got my bachelor's and master's degree. I'm the first ever in my family to go to college. Come on. Now I've been married, it'll be 11 years, I got four kids, and my wife and I serve full time to pro athletes. That don't even make sense. How does a nappy-headed kid from the projects with no future end up serving the most influential people on the planet but God? See, he's been in the life-changing business for thousands of years. Just give up. He knows what he's doing. But you're going to keep hitting brick walls because you won't humble yourself? And God is not into behavior modification. He's into heart transformation. If you give him your heart, he'll change your life. You can't change your life. By his grace, you're saved, Paul said in Ephesians. It's his grace. Give him access to your heart. He will change your life. I am a walking miracle. From this day forward, you can never say you never witnessed a miracle. My mother was a prostitute. That's why my family don't know who my dad is. There's no excuse for you. You need to live out what God has destined you to do. And let me tell you, there's a destiny for your life. You're not here by accident. Everything God does, he does on purpose and for a purpose. There's a purpose for your life. I don't care how old you are, color of your skin, what happened yesterday. Let me tell you, yesterday is in the tomb. Stop digging up your past. Your past and your future hate each other. Stop introducing them. They're enemies. If, you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says you were crucified with him. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. But what do we do? We go dig up the dead body. How many of you guys know dead bodies stink? Your flesh stinks. Stop digging them up. You are a new creation. That word creation literally means a new person. He wants to change your DNA. No, seriously. The question is, are you going to let him? It's one thing to know Jesus. It's a whole other thing to know of him.
I could go down the list of people that I inter- Our starting quarterback, I know him. As a matter of fact, I got his four-digit security code to his house. I can come and go as I please. I know his mom, his dad, his brother, his sister. I know his kids' names. I know their birthdays. I know his in-laws. Come on. He gave me his wallet once to go buy something. He didn't give me cash. He gave me his whole wallet. See, many of you know of him because you saw him on TV. I know him. Many of you know of Jesus, but do you know him? Do you intimately know him? Do you know what he desires? Do you know what makes him angry? What fuels you to know him? Fuel church. Your greatest desire should be to know him. If you get that right, everything else will fall into place. See, he does not want to be number one on the list of ten. He wants to be number one on the list of one. You have to make a willful decision to bend your will to his. God don't bend wills. Come as you are. He wants you where you at. It don't matter what you just did before you came in here. You was out to three o'clock in the morning last night. He wants you right now. Because when Jesus took on your sin, he took on all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He's not surprised at what you did. But we do something stupid and don't even want to show up Sunday morning. He already died for it. You just have to say yes to him. That's it. Only thing God wants from you is a yes. Three-letter word. Y-E-S. Are you willing to say yes to him? You say yes to him, he does the rest. That'll preach. You say yes, he does the rest. Sound like a 1985 tent revival. Come on, somebody. But it's true. I'm standing in front of you as a miracle because I said yes. Not because I did everything right. It ain't about doing everything right. It's about overcoming. And overcomers don't quit. You will win if you don't quit. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. The promise in Revelation is only to the overcomer. He knows you're going to go through some stuff, but he said, I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to give you my spirit, his spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead. That dude was dead. Ice cold, dead, not breathing, ain't moving. That brother was gone. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit raised him. You know what it takes to raise the dead? Power. That same power he wants to give you to live for him. That's grace. Grace isn't an umbrella to do what you want to do. Grace is an empowerment to do what he called you to do. So if you want to hear my message, you got to listen to one of the other three services because I ain't even touch it. And I don't know why. But listen to me, church. God loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to empower you to change this city. 
and stop looking in the mirror at your weaknesses and start banking on his strengths. When you are weak, then he's strong in you. You got to let him do the work in you. He who began a good work in you, he began it, he will see it to end, but you got to let him. It takes humility. Every day, you get one day, one day at a time. Just one to walk with him. That's it. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. You can't change yesterday. You have no, come on, you can't touch tomorrow. You only got today. I know today I'm going to say yes. I know today I'm going to surrender. That's all I got. I'm going to work eight. I'm going to sleep eight. The rest, I just got to surrender. Come on, we make this way too hard. Come on, somebody. Do you know him? Do you have an intimate relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Because he wants to know you. You're valuable to him. So valuable, he was willing to bankrupt heaven for you. I don't care what the world says about you. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. You're not fat. You're not ugly. You're not insignificant. You're not an addict. You're a child of God. And I tell my players this all the time. Never allow another person's opinion of you to become your reality. Stop agreeing with labels that don't belong to you. You're not a label. You're so significant to God. Listen to me. You're so, listen to me. The God who created the heavens and the earth, you're significant to him. You're not just a number. He loves you unconditionally. Stop looking in the mirror and start looking in the Bible. That's your true self. When you look in the word, you see a reflection of who you really are. The Bible says the word is a mirror. That's who you are. You're loved, you're redeemed, you're forgiven. Come on, somebody. You're righteous. For him who knew no sin became sin for us that you might become the righteousness of God. Well, what does the word righteous mean? It means in right standing. You in right standing if you're in Christ. But you got to know him. You get all the benefits of heaven through the son. Can no man come to the father except through me? Allah never rose from the dead. Buddha never rose from the dead. Come on, somebody. When he rose from the dead, he conquered death so that when you die, you could be with him forever. So for us, we on vacation. This ain't my crib. Come on. Heaven is my home. We passing through. Paul said we aliens. Some of y'all need to start looking different. Stop looking like the world. You're an alien. Come on, somebody. But God wants you as his own. He wants your name written in the Lamb's book of life, and that's only one way, and it's through the Son. Let's pray. Every head bow, every eye closed in this room. No one looking around. If you hear, you say, you know what? You've never made a conscious decision to willfully say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've just been coming to church. Maybe you've been doing a church thing. But have you bowed your knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ to say, yes, Lord. I want to give you that opportunity this afternoon. The Bible says that your entire life is written in the book. This moment was ordained. The question is, how will you respond? I'm not going to pressure you. There's no pressure in love. There's no guilt in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. God loves you.
If that's you and you say you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to count to three and just ask you to boldly raise your hand so that I can count and pray for you and pray with you. So if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus, slip your hand up on three. One, two, three. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be bold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? Your heart beating out your chest and you don't know why. Thank you. Everyone else who didn't raise their hand, let's all pray this together as a family. Because God's about to do a miracle in the heart of people. Let's all pray this together. For those who raised their hand especially, I need you to just talk to God. Don't worry about who's on your right or left, in front or back. Let's just talk to the Father. His ear is leaning in. Let's pray this together. Say, Father in heaven, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sin and I turn to Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus came to the earth. He bore my sins on a tree, yet he was buried in a grave and he rose again on the third day for me. I put my hope, I put my life, and I put my trust in him alone. From this day forward, my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.